Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I am your host, Doris Hansen, and we talk all about polygamy on our show, both present day and early Mormon polygamy and polygamous. And on this time, we are going to, uh, we are continuing to present uh, some of Joseph Smith's plural wives telling their stories one wife at a time. But first, if you or anyone you know wants to escape polygamy, you can give us a call and find out how we can help you. A Shield and Refuge ministry is here to help people who want to run. You can call our toll-free number, 877-425-9993. Go to our website, shieldandrefuge.org, for information about us. And all information is held in complete confidence. Also, if uh, you would like to have ask questions or make comments about any of our shows, or if you'd like to be a guest on our show and talk about your time in polygamy, you can email us at email whatloveisthis.tv or give us a call at 385-240-2888. And now I'd like to welcome back our standing or sitting co-host, Earl Erskine. My sitting co-host, yes. <laughs> Ongoing co-host. Thanks for having me again. We love having you here and, and, and being involved in some of this Early so Mormonism. <laughs> I know, it's so fascinating. I've learned so much. Uh, There's much I wish to I could remember it all, but yeah, I have learned a lot. Well, we do, we do some duplication <laughs> yeah. from time to time, too, I think. You know, we've been presenting Joseph Smith's wives one wife at a time as we go through each one and tell their story. And tonight, or today, we're going to present wives number 14 and 15 uh, of Joseph Smith. And the 14th wife was Eliza R. Snow. Now, Eliza Snow is one of the best documented of all the plural wives of Joseph Smith because she left many diaries and letters that uh, documented and detailed her life. Besides Emma Smith, Eliza Snow is probably the most well-known of all the Mormon pioneer women. Eliza was born in January of 1804 in Massachusetts. Her parents had seven children, and two of them, Eliza Snow and Lorenzo Snow, <laughs> both became important members of the new Mormon religion. Of course, Lorenzo uh, Snow was actually the fifth president uh -huh. of the Mormon church and a polygamist. Strangely enough, Eliza was raised with quite a bit of religious diversity. She even memorized whole chapters from the Bible, which makes it strange considering that she later embraced some horribly unbiblical doctrines that the early Mormon church adopted, including polygamy. She seemed to know much of the Bible but couldn't have really believed it or she would never have fallen for such heretical beliefs as plural marriage, mother in heaven, pre-existence, and so on. In 1828, the Snow family heard Sidney Rigdon preach, and not long after that, Eliza heard rumors about Joseph Smith's gold Bible, and she became curious. Eliza was 27 years old in the winter of 1831 when Joseph Smith visited the Snow family. She was baptized into Mormonism at the age of 31, and all this, she's still unmarried. <laughs> she later moved to Kirtland and lived with the Smith family, where she would have become well acquainted with Joseph Smith. 
Now, Joseph Smith often married as plural wives, girls or women who had previously lived with his family or he had stayed with or lived with their family for a time. In 1838, several people left Kirtland for Missouri, but because of increased persecution, they moved on to Far West, where they stayed until March of 1839, and then they left for Nauvoo, Illinois. And in Nauvoo, Eliza became an important and influential Mormon woman. She wrote the Constitution and the bylaws for the newly formed Relief Society and was also their secretary. Eliza Snow also held the position of hold your seats, prophetess yeah. in the Mormon religion. As always, we use Todd Compton's book, In Sacred Loneliness, as our primary source, uh, resource for Joseph Smith's polygamy. And right now we're going to quote from that book on page 311 about her prophetic nature. Calling, yes. <laughs> the April 19 Relief Society minutes include a prophetic blessing by Eliza given to Prescindia Huntington Buell Smith, the first recorded of many she would utter in her lifetime. Okay, now this was a prophetic blessing she gave to another woman. Now we wonder why she was authorized to give yeah. prophetic blessings, yet women in today's Mormon yeah, religion are that. not allowed to do that. Yeah. And they can't say, that. some of them say, well, the early Mormons did because they did it on their, their husband's priesthood authority, but they had to be married to a priesthood, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's not true because she wasn't married. Uh -huh. She absolutely wasn't married, yeah. um, but um, so she didn't have any husband's priesthood authority to rely upon to give it, so she just did. Eliza soon became, be, began to hear rumors of polygamy, and in her reaction to polygamy, she wrote this. In Nauvoo, I first understood that the practice of plurality was to be introduced into the church. The subject was very repugnant to my feelings. I like to hear that because yeah. it should be repugnant to her feelings. Sure should. Uh, but sadly, Eliza was gradually converted to the idea of polygamy despite her initial revulsion to it. We quote again from His Sacred Loneliness. But when I reflected <laughs> that I was living in the dispensation of the fullness of times, embracing all other dispensations, surely plural marriage must necessarily be included. Polygamy was a biblical, biblical practice, and to those interpreting the Bible literally, polygamy could easily be seen as a righteous practice that needed to be restored. Well, that <laughs> isn't true. Her summation about biblical polygamy was as far off the truth as heaven is from hell. It's too bad that she didn't understand that God is not pleased with polygamy, either in biblical times yeah. or today. today. It's too bad that she didn't read the stories of the biblical polygamists and that every single case is negative and destructive. Eliza learned that her friend Sarah Cleveland was a plural wife of Joseph Smith, so she made herself ready to also practice polygamy if it became necessary. She wrote this. I had covenanted in the waters of baptism to live by every word he should communicate. I think he meant Joseph, she meant Joseph no, Smith. No, she meant God. I know God, but I'm saying it's almost like Joseph Smith is the one that was doing the oh, communicating. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and my heart was firmly set to do his bidding. <laughs> yeah, it was Joseph Smith who said God I know God what you got, capitals and, H, um, but. Uh, <laughs> But polygamy, of course, was never God's bidding. No. It was Joseph Smith's bidding. Yeah. But even today, they claim that God commanded it. Yeah. And it really wasn't God. It was Joseph Smith. Eliza should have done due diligence on her Bible doctrine rather than listen to what other people said that God said. And we quote again from In Sacred Loneliness. Mm. 
As I increased in knowledge concerning the principle and design of plural marriage, I grew in love with it, and today esteem it a precious, sacred principle necessary in the elevation and salvation of the human family in redeeming women from the curse and the world from corruption. Look how ugly that is. It, it's uh, just that's... necessary in, in the salvation. Eliza Snow, by this point, is totally deluded. Yeah. Jesus is our Redeemer, not polygamy. I missed that completely. Uh, it, it can, how can polygamy elevate the human family or redeem the world from corruption? In fact, polygamy is the cause of much corruption, pain, and abuse, just like we see in today's polygamy groups and in third world countries that yeah. practice polygamy. The 19th century Mormons saw polygamy as a restored practice instead of a doctrine that both the Bible and the Book of Mormon consider an abomination. Again, we quote from page 312, something Eliza wrote. I was sealed to the prophet Joseph Smith for time and eternity in accordance with the celestial law of marriage, which God has revealed. This, one of the most important circumstances of my life, I have never had cause to regret. From personal knowledge, I bear my testimony that plural celestial marriage is a pure and holy principle, not only tending to individual purity and elevation of character, but also instrumental in producing a more perfect type of manhood, mentally and physically, as well as in restoring human life to its former longevity. Again, she's got so much misinformation yeah. in there. She saw poly something in polygamy that just wasn't there. No. Polygamy is not pure and holy. I haven't seen one case, not one case, in the Bible or in early Mormonism or in today's polygamy groups where polygamy is holy and pure and righteous. Polygamy never, how did she get that? Extended the human life. I don't know. <laughs> There's no extended longevity of life like she claimed. She's totally self-deceived at this point. And polygamy never produced a perfect type of manhood. In fact, the, norm, the opposite normally yeah. is the result. Well, Eliza's marriage to Joseph Smith was on June 20, 29th of 1842. Brigham Young officiated and Sarah Cleveland was a witness. Eliza was 38 years old. She was two years older than Joseph Smith. And it's been thought that if she hadn't married him as a plural wife, she probably would have been a spinster mm. all of her life. But after her marriage to him, Eliza and Emma had some sort of and probably a violent altercation. Now, there's several different versions of what happened, and some are more violent than others, so it makes it difficult to determine where the truth actually lies. Emma had discovered that Eliza and her husband were just too friendly, and by some accounts, Eliza was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Some claim that Emma became angry with jealousy and pushed her down the stairs. Others say that Emma drove her out of the house with a broom, and in any event, Eliza lost the baby. The versions of the story differ, but the basics remain the same. We quote again from In Sacred Loneliness. To sum up, something may have happened between Eliza and Emma, and Eliza may have lost a child. Without further evidence, it is impossible to know for certain. The multiplicity of versions inclines one to suppose that an, auth that an authentic incident lies behind them, and Eliza did lose a child. The experience would have been psychologically devastating for her. Well, what about poor Emma? She no. was psychologically devastated 34 times for each wife that he married after he married her. Willing to have, you know, it's one thing to say that Joseph Smith encouraged people to come in and live with him, 
but it's kind of like extending the hand of friendship, but you knowing that these are young women, and mm -hmm. Emma must have gone out of her mind. I can't I imagine. I can't imagine she didn't realize that Joseph was encouraging these young people was, to come. And, there was a lot of, and, of doubt, of course. Yeah. Now, in all of this, there is evidence that Emma did throw Eliza out of her house. Joseph Young, who was the son of Brigham Young, wrote a letter confirming that Eliza was turned out of the house by Emma when she discovered she was pregnant. Life in polygamy is just not full of joy and contentment. Joseph Smith's death, June 27th of 1844, made Eliza a widow. She was approached by Brigham Young and Heber C. Kimball and others of the Mormon Twelve, each of them offering her plural marriage, and she accepted Brigham Young. She came west to Utah with the Mormons. She never had any children, but she did live with his family until she died. Some Mormon females have become the greatest advocate of their own oppression. Eliza Snow was one of them and probably had the loudest voice. She was an active proponent for polygamy and for male hierarchy. She counseled Mormon women to encourage their husbands to take more plural wives. Eliza Snow died in December of 1887 at 83 years old. It's completely amazing how when people reject biblical truth, they will embrace some of the most destructive and unbelievable doctrines, and polygamy is one of them. She also wrote, Oh, My Father, uh -huh. which is, includes the, the phrase mother about Mother in, in Heaven. heaven. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant by the theoretical doctrines yeah. that she embraced, even though she knew biblical a lot of biblical yeah, singing. Like say, she must amazing. not have known the Bible very well, but well, she must not have believed it. <laughs> That's true. Okay, we'll go to wife number fifteen now, and this this is seventeen-year-old Sarah Ann Whitney Smith Kingsbury Kimball. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Ann Whitney was born in uh, March of 1825. She was the second oldest in a family of 12. She had an older brother named Horace, and they had a close, very close, loving brother-sister relationship. In October of 1830, when Sarah was five years old, her parents claimed they had a vision that the word of the Lord was coming. Oh boy. Soon after that, Mormon missionaries came to town. Sarah's mother was almost immediately converted, and she and her husband were both baptized. A few months later, 25-year-old Joseph Smith came to town and met the Whitney family. Now, Sarah was just <laughs> quite young then. Sarah, Sarah's father, his name was Newell, became a prominent church leader and a favorite of Joseph Smith. They were a devoted Mormon family, and Sarah grew up under the elitism of, of Mormon leadership. And when she was 13 years old, the family set out for Missouri. But because of anti-Mormon sentiment, they settled in, in Illinois instead. And there the family came terribly sick. There was times when malaria, you know, just haunted the whole mm. community. And they got sick with malaria. And Joseph Smith offered them a place to stay in his house. And they, of course, eventually recovered. Sarah Whitney celebrated her 17th birthday, March 22nd, and was accepted into the Relief Society the following month. Now, again, we see the repeated practice where Joseph Smith chooses plural wives from people who have stayed with them, which they did, and from the many women who were Relief Society participants. And Emma was kept completely, again, ignorant of his escapades with her friends and acquaintances. Sarah's father soon became a member of the Mormon Holy Order. We quote this from In Sacred Loneliness, page 347. 
Soon after this, Smith introduced him and his wife to the doctrine of plural marriage, but Newell and Elizabeth, as was common with many other Mormons who had puritanical New England backgrounds, resisted at first. When Joseph saw that he, Newell, was doubtful concerning the righteousness of the celestial order, he told him to go and inquire of the Lord concerning it, and he should receive a testimony for himself. You see how this polygamy is starting to be introduced yeah. into these uh, favorite people of Joseph Smith in the hierarchy. And they did, they call it the Holy Order. Yeah. So, and many of the polygamy groups today are called the, orders, the these, order. These yeah. orders. But they received a testimony, and Elizabeth wrote what they claimed happened. Yeah, if you pray about it hard enough, I guess, in your closet, huh? <laughs> yeah. He, Joseph Smith, had been strictly charged by the angel that the most profound secrecy must be maintained. He confided to him, Newell, the principles of polygamy. My husband revealed these things to me. We pondered upon them continually, and our prayers were unceasing that the Lord would grant us some special manifestation concerning this new and strange doctrine. The Lord is very merciful to us. He revealed unto us His power and glory, we were convinced in our own minds that God heard and approved our prayers. Our hearts were comforted and our faith was made so perfect that we were willing to give our eldest daughter, then only 17 years of age, to Joseph in the holy order of plural marriage. Laying aside our traditions and former notions in regard to marriage, we gave her with our mutual consent. This really makes That'd me sick. So it just it, it really makes me sick the way this yeah. is uh, put out about the, his marriage to her. Yeah. Now the Bible warns us that when we reject the truth, that those who do reject the truth will receive strong delusion. Mm -hmm. And it's very strange that their faith was so strong they sacrificed their daughter to polygamy. But it would be many years before they themselves would ever embrace plural marriage for themselves. Again, we see some very bizarre double standard in the Mormon faith. They prayed for a manifestation, but Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11. He did. Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. It asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. So looking for manifestations no. and signs and wonders is not how God reveals truth. That comes only from reading the Bible. They asked for a manifestation and received a delusion. So they gave Sarah, their daughter, 17 years old, in marriage to Joseph Smith. Sarah's friend was Helen Mar Kimball, mm. and she wrote this about that. They willingly gave to him, Joseph Smith, their daughter, which was the strongest proof that they could possibly give of their faith and confidence in him as a true prophet of God. That's not the strongest proof, because <laughs> they wouldn't live it themselves for a long time, so there's something wrong there. Now, Joseph Smith and, and Sarah were sealed in July of 1842 in the city of Nauvoo, and Sarah's father officiated the ceremony. Joseph Smith was 36 years old, and Sarah was 17. He mm. was more than twice her age, and she was his 15th wife. Orson Whitney wrote this. This girl was but 17 years of age, but she had implicit faith in the doctrine of plural marriage, I'm sure. Uh -huh. Of course, her father, mother, mother, father, and highest spiritual leader had taught her the doctrine, and a revelation had sanctioned it. 
and probably promises that they would have celestial uh, oh, life, yeah. eternal life if she married him. That's right. That's yeah. absolutely part of the promise. Yeah. Of course, Sarah would have been able, unable at her young age to have been able to make an educated decision like this. Uh, she was pressured by her parents, obviously. We've read that. And she was also pressured by her spiritual leader, Joseph Smith. And that would be illegal today, by the way. She was promised something, like you just said, that Joseph Smith was unable able to deliver and that is eternal life for herself and for her family but he promised that and it's not his to give and they don't they call it a revelation but it, if it was it wasn't a revelation from God and the quote, following quote will explain this as a result of Sarah's marriage to Smith the father is told that he will be rewarded with honor and immortality and eternal life to all your house being linked to the prophet the Whitney's salvation was assured so they, they think it was assured how sad to die and wake up on the other side and find out that they Oops. were deluded, <laughs> yeah. that they were deluded. This is nothing more than spiritual blackmail. Salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. Polygamy cannot purchase eternal life for anyone. And part of the wedding ceremony had this wording in it. If you both agree to covenant to do this, I then give you... Sarah Ann Whitney, S.A. Whitney, my daughter to Joseph Smith to be his wife, to observe all the rights between you both that belong to that condition. Well, yeah. Now we all know what that means. <laughs> Marriage for time and eternity, of course, in, in the wording of the Mormons, includes the right for sexual activity during the time, the, yeah. the time period. So, and those who defend Joseph Smith by claiming he never had sex with his plural wives need to understand that there's more than enough historical evidence that he did have sex with most of them. Now, Helen Marr Kimball, of course, she, we haven't done her yet, but yeah. she was Joseph Smith's, four, one of the 14-year-old girls that Joseph Smith married. But she and Sarah Ann Whitney were friends, and they both became plural wives of a much older man, Joseph Smith. And they both said it was a life of sacrifice. Of course it was a life of sacrifice for a young girl who had her whole life ahead of her. But what did those old men care about that? Sarah's father gave her to Smith, but Joseph was afraid of her brother, Horace, that he would oppose the marriage, so he sent him away on a mission. Get him out of the way. <laughs> Joseph Smith often used mission calls to male family members and to women whose husbands. He yeah. wanted to marry the women. Yeah, he sent the that. husbands on a mission right. to remove the possible opposition to some of his polygamous marriages. Of course, this is conspiracy. It's coercion. And they were used by him to get his way. And he blamed it all on God. <laughs> and they still do. Emma, well, of course, knew nothing of her husband's marriage to Sarah Whitney. Joseph wrote letters to Sarah asking her to visit him secretly without Emma's knowledge, but that she needed to make sure that Emma wouldn't be coming too <laughs> and not to come if they were going to be coming at the same time. And of course, this cloak and dagger behavior in early uh, plural marriage was typical of Nauvoo, yeah. what was going on in Nauvoo polygamy. Yet Jesus said, he did nothing in secret and neither should we. About nine months after Sarah married Smith, she also married another man. Joseph C. Kingsbury, and Joseph prepare, uh, performed the ceremony. We read yeah, again. Yeah, page 
351. This was not a real marriage in the view of the participants, but a marriage suggested by Smith to cloak his plural connection with Sarah. No other detail in the history of all polygamy shows more clearly with what little regard Joseph viewed civil marriage or any ordinance not solemnized by what he considered true authority. So he just dismissed the law. Yeah, he just yeah, dismissed it all. It. Just made his own made his own rules. Mormonism then we find is founded on fake marriages, secret marriages, women with two husbands, men with plural wives. Uh, it, it's it's not a good foundation for anybody's uh, religion. Evidently, Kingsbury knew exactly what he was doing because He's, he said this. He said this. <laughs> On 29 April 1843, I, according to President Joseph Smith, counsel, and others, agreed to stand by Sarah Ann Whitney as supposed to be her husband and had a pretended marriage. A pretended marriage. Yeah. They, see, they used the men, too. They hurt the men in this, too, because they just used him as a drone. Yeah. This marriage had no marital rights. It was just to, uh, to hide jo her marriage to Joseph Smith. Now, Joseph Smith was killed June 27th of 1844, and Sarah became a widow at the age of 19. Many polygamous men would swoop in to take Joseph Smith's widows as they could, and Heber C. Kimball got Sarah. Sarah was 19 years old. I'd love to have heard that discussion. <laughs> Heber C. Kimball was 43. She was. And again, she married a man more than twice her age, and he was her best friend's father. The marriage was secret, and Sarah continued to be known as Sarah Kingsbury. Mm -hmm. Very little is known about her history after this, about or her life with Heber C. Kimball. She came west with the Mormons, and she died at 48 years old with what they called brain fever, and she was buried in Salt Lake City. But almost a year after Sarah Whitney married Joseph Smith, Helen Marr Kimball also, at 14 years old, became a plural wife of Joseph Smith, and when he died, she married Sarah's brother, Horace. Oh. But Sarah had become the plural wife of Helen's father, so she was the stepmother of her girlfriend, <laughs> Helen Kimball. That so <laughs> that's, that's it. Old men and young girls and twisted family relationships, and that's Mormon polygamy, and they blame it all on God. And you know, you go to, you know, Plural family trees today, and it's just just twisted. Yeah. So the, the the young girls, the incest, the stepdaughters, stepsisters, stepbrothers, and half sisters, and uncles, uncles, and uh, it's just a twisted mess. There's no way it comes from God. The emotions must be well. The, the spiritual blackmail. Them. The yeah. spiritual blackmail is what they do. They, they have to just bury like Joseph Smith. True emotions, though. I mean, they, they have they to. Can, yeah. Yeah, one of so Joseph sad. Smith's early plural wives said, if you're coming into this with love, you better get it out of your mind because love oh, is not part of it. It can't be. That's sad. So that's wives number 14 and 15 of Joseph Smith's 34 wives. Thank you, Earl. And <laughs> yes, we'll you. see you when we do Very our next show. It is interesting to see about these. So once again, we tremble as we saw Joseph Smith's practice of plural marriage ruin the young lives of so many people. His actions and teachings have had a devastating and rippling effect through the generations since he began Mormonism. Today's Mormon church denies contemporary polygamists. Of course, they're the true Mormons. They are the ones who obey what Joseph Smith and Brigham Young 
and John Taylor and the others taught, they are the ones who believe Joseph Smith's claim that God said polygamy was necessary for eternal life and that to deny it would bring condemnation. But the Bible says Jesus is all we need. Jesus died on the cross so that Mormon polygamy and Mormon commandments and everything and anything else would never be necessary for us to have an eternal and a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for watching. God bless. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.